Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My name is Lori Seitz. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your guide in moving from fine to fantastic. I love inspiring others to listen to their inner voice and encouraging them to take the steps toward fulfilling their soul. Join me here as we navigate through life transformation, moving from that place where you say everything's fine, it's just fine, but you're really feeling a deep undercurrent of suck. How do you move from there to a renewed sense of yourself? You're in the right place for stories and experiences of self-discovery and courage to help you on your journey. And you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. Today, I'm talking with Eve Malzahn, whom I met in a Facebook group called Unconventional Leaders. This is an episode you will be telling your friends about. Even though Eve's story is, I can't believe it, crazy, you will still find elements of yourself in it. It's from this place of commonality that we can learn and grow and support each other. Eve didn't have any great relationship role models when she was growing up. In fact, when she was 15, she actually busted her own mom for having an affair. Looking back, she sees how she was always the adult in the family. 25 years later, as a mom to a young daughter and a successful businesswoman with political aspirations, Eve becomes an ace investigator to uncover a bizarre, twisty turn of events. In the process, one of the questions she asks herself is, how dumb was I? Which I'm betting is one you've asked yourself too. From feeling alone, betrayed, and humiliated to using humor as a way to make light of the pain, there are so many relatable moments in this interview. In the end, Eve is now doubling down on herself and realizing what's happened in the past is not a reflection of who she is or who she's becoming. This is a woman on fire, and I can't wait for you to meet her. Quick reminder, today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. Want to add more joy to your life? Zen Rabbit Wisdom gives you weekly tips for doing just that every Wednesday. Text the word gratitude to 42828. Eve holds on. Welcome to Fine is a Full Letter Word. Yes, it is. It is. Excited to have you here and to talk about your journey to where you are today. So let's start out with, like, what was your experience growing up? What beliefs did you pick up from your family? Sure. So my parents are now divorced. And growing up, mom sat on one couch, dad sat at the other couch. There was no public shows of affection. You do your thing, I do my thing, and we meet at home at night, have dinner, and go to bed. Seemed pretty simple. For lack of a better word, everything was fine. Fine, just fine. Right? It was fine. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I tell people, I didn't have a bad childhood. I didn't have a great, like, you know, we weren't doing stuff or whatever, but it was fine. Growing up, that's what I thought relationships should be. You do your thing, I do my thing, we meet at home, we enjoy each other's company, you go to bed, you wake up the next day, and you do it all over again. And did you ever down the road later find out one of them was unhappy with that situation? Uh, My mom actually had the affair on my dad and I busted her. She was supposed to be at, uh, yeah. So when you're 15 years old and you're babysitting the neighbor kid and the mom of those children and your mom are supposed to be at a meeting together. And then you find out 
Neighbor lady comes home, but your mom doesn't come home for another four hours. Oh. I'm all for after meeting chit chat, but that seemed a little excessive, you know, <laughs> two in the morning. Sure, um, sure. So it was like the fourth or fifth time it happened. And finally I said to the lady, I'm like, so is my mom sleeping with somebody or is she getting drunk or high? Like what, you know, is it drugs and alcohol or is it somebody else? And the lady's face turned five shades of red. And I said, just be honest. I'm going to find out sooner or later. And I'm wow. 15, 15. Wow. And the lady goes, yeah, she met somebody. I'm like, okay, that's all I need to know. And Wow, uh, that is, I don't know if I would have had the guts at 15 to ask that question. You know, and it was odd because I didn't, you know, looking back at it, like I didn't have anything to be like, oh, this is what it means when somebody cheats. Like I didn't have a knowledge base to go off of. I just knew she wasn't coming home. There's very little that's going to keep you out till 2 a.m. Okay. And yeah. What happened? So, you know, two days later, I put on the, at 15, I put on my big girl panties and I said, uh, so mom, here's the deal. I know you're having an affair. So you either need to divorce dad or knock it off. Take your pick. You have 48 hours or I'm telling them. Wow. So you became the parent. I became the parent. And to be honest, like looking back at my life, I was the parent to my younger sister. Mm. Um, she was five years younger than me. And that like that moment really set the trajectory that I, I was the adult in my family bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next day I'm at school and I get called to the office and it's my mom on the phone letting me know that she had my dad serve divorce papers at work. So I may not want to come home right away. Oof! Wow. He was completely, I mean, for the first time in my life, I actually felt bad for the guy. He was completely blindsided. He had no idea that my mom was unhappy. Wow. None. Okay. So I uh, came home that night and you could have cut the attention with a knife. Two weeks later, my dad moved two trailers down from my mom because okay. he had no other friends than, than the people, you know, in our neighborhood. And uh, about three months later, I moved in with my dad because then my mom had completely stopped coming home. And then a week after that, my sister followed. We lived with my dad for about a year. And then dad got a little lonely. So then he started not coming home (laughs) or bringing something home. And uh, so then we actually ran away from home and moved into the attic of my aunt and uncle's house. So my aunt and uncle who are in their, I would put them in their late 20s, inherited two teenage girls (laughs) to live in the attic of their house. Just what every, Uh, every young couple wants. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, share one bathroom okay. <laughs> with two teenage girls. Yeah. Yeah. So didn't speak to my mom for a year um, until we ran away. And then my mom reached out and we rekindled a relationship. Didn't speak to my dad for about a year until my mom screwed up again. And then we rebuilt our relationship. So my model of what a healthy relationship looks like, eh, a little skewed, probably. Yeah. Um yeah. Both of my grandparents on both sides, my mom's and my dad's, my dad's mom had been married and divorced three times. My mom's mom married and divorced twice. So yeah, not a lot of positive role models for me. How old were you when you got married? I was 20. So and young. And he was my third fiance. Okay. Yeah. So at this 20- time it worked to actually get married. I mean, you went through with yes, it. Yes. I went through with it because of, uh, of the relationships, this one was fine. Truly. I mean, it, it, you know, the other one, the guy joined the military. I didn't like doing the long distance thing. I wasn't willing to wait around. The other one was in college and found out he cheated. So there went that one. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, this guy seemed very stable and very, I don't cheat. That's ridiculous. And only horrible people do that. And my whole history had been cheaters. 
So that was really kind of what sucked me in. He was the lesser of all the evils. As, okay. As really how I'd put it. Um, and yeah. it was on my wedding day that my sister came up to me and she's like, I don't think you love him. Why are you getting married? I'm like, I said, well, he's not a bad guy. Like everything's, and again, I do use the word fine. I'm like, everything's fine. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. We, we don't so. even think about using it because, right, every, it, it's fine. What else do we need to say? Fine. Yeah. Okay. I'll figure it out. If it's yeah. broken, I'll fix it, you know? Yeah. And so that worked for a while, right? Uh, 23 years. Yeah. Yeah. So we were married for 23 years. Again, always looking back, right? Hindsight, Mm -hmm. we were my parents. So his dad had died when he was 12 and his mom never allowed men to come to the house, never allowed the kids to know that she was dating or anything like that. So he didn't know how to be a husband. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to be a wife. We were two people living in a house, doing our own things and coming together at night having a meal and going to bed. How many years did that go on for? Married for 23 years, but yeah, the fine so part was what, 20 years? Fine, yeah, so um, it blew up at 20. Okay. But again, looking back, I would say we were probably good for about 10 and then yeah. started drifting apart. I had ambitions and goals and he was fine with where he was at. And okay. so I had started to get into politics I was running my own business and I was getting a lot of attention. And that's Mm. when I started to see some, I don't like that. We can't even go out to dinner and somebody doesn't recognize you. Okay. So my light was shining a little too bright. And uh, so I dimmed it. I was just going to ask you, did you try to hide that? I did. I did. Mm. I dimmed it, you know, and again, thought we were fine. So then we're at his 20th class reunion. And we're out at the bars because that's what you do at a class reunion, right? Doesn't matter what how old you are, you go to the bars. And yes. uh, he's we live in a in, we lived in a very small town. It's about six thousand people. And his phone went off, and I thought, how weird. Nobody texts him at eleven o'clock at night. And he looked at his phone, read his message, and then he walked away. And his phone was unlocked, and I was a little concerned because his mom has health issues. So I thought, mm-hmm. eh, I don't. I didn't know the code to unlock his phone. So the phone was unlocked and I look at it and here's a picture of a woman's vagina. Nice. The message reads, it misses you. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's one of those aha moments that are not pleasant. You know, it's not, aha, I found 20 bucks in my right. pocket. It's, <laughs> right. Aha, what? Wow. You know, and at first, yeah, I honestly thought like somebody had sent him a dirty joke. And then okay. I started to scroll. I just did a quick scroll and I was like, what is this? Miss you, love you, available question mark. I'm like, so I took the phone in the bathroom and I called the number and woman answered. And I said, who is this? And she says, well, who is this? And I said, this is his wife. Who are you? Well, you need to take that up with him, honey. I was like, oh, I will, honey. Wow. And you're still at the class reunion at this point. I'm at the class reunion with all of his classmates. I mean, I am a fish out of water. Yeah, already. And now you have this information. On top of the fact, I'm sober. Oh, wow. He's had several cocktails. Okay. So I'm like, no matter, like, if I confront, you know, like, add the alcohol in there, nothing is going to go well. Like, we can't even have a conversation. Right. So now you have to wait to have the conversation. Yep. So I walk out of the bathroom. He looks at me. I throw the phone at his face. It missed. And I go hop in the car and I can't, like, I'm just such a nervous wreck. I can't get the doors to lock fast enough. And Mm -hmm. so he hops in the car and I'm like, get out, get out right now. And uh, he wouldn't get out. So he drove home and he's like, I don't know what to tell you. And I'm like, I got to work in the morning. Go away. Everything's fine. Just go away. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Go away. Just leave me alone. 
I got to work in the morning. I need to go to bed. Leave me alone. Got up, went to work. You know, obviously my mind is just a wreck, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you don't know who to talk to. Right. I'm not going to call my mom. I'm not going to call my sister. Yeah. Maybe I'm blowing this out of proportion. Maybe I'm not blowing out of, you know, like you don't know. Right. Well, everything's going through your mind and you're like, is this oh, even yeah. real? Absolutely. It's like living outside your body. Yeah. And uh, got home from work and, you know, we have a small child at the time. So that added to the, holy shit, what am I going to do? Mm. And got home and put on a movie for her in one room and we went to the basement and, you know, I'm, I'm getting the, I'm getting the typical, I'm so sorry. You know, I messed up and I'm asking questions. How many are there? Is it just one? How long has it been going on? And at this point, the whole spidey senses kick in, the hairs up on the back of my neck. I'm like, yeah. I'm being lied to. I'm being played. So conveniently enough, uh, his phone was under my business name. So I put a little app on that phone so I could see every text message, every phone call, every email, every website it went to. Um, the GPS tracking is not very accurate. I can tell you that because there were okay. times I hopped in my car and took off. Good to know. To see what was going on. But yeah, I mean, I was able to see you know, the messages that were coming through, the conversations that were taking place were not one-sided conversations. And he didn't know that you had done this. He did not know. And again, the phone was mine, belonged to my business, completely legal. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I needed to know. At this point, I needed to know how bad was it? How how bad was it? It was bad. There were seven over the course of eight months Mm. that I can prove. And I need to say this, that I can prove and they were prostitutes that he had found off of Craigslist. Wow. In my little town. So we lived in a town of 5,000. And then basically we were a suburb of a larger community of 50,000. You know, small town America, Midwest. And that was shocking. I, I mean, I didn't know we even had prostitutes. You know, this isn't Las Vegas. This right, is New right. York City, right? There's why no would you even, Right. Why would you even think to think about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Originally, I was told that he met the girl on the website, Ashley Madison, which is where married men meet single women Mm -hmm. who want sugar daddies. And so I created my own Ashley Madison account and I faked trying to hook up with him. And what I found is that wasn't true. She wasn't even on there. And then when I got into the emails, he had joined so many clubs trying to hook up with women. Like there's a club called MILF. Do you know what MILF is? I I do know what it stands for, but I didn't know there was a club. There is a club. Yes. And he actually paid $100 to join this club to be hooked up with MILFs in our area. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a little shocking. And then, so I find out, you know, we have the discussion. He apologizes. It's going to end. I doubt it. I was right. So then I'm trying to figure out exit strategy. How do I get out of this? I own right. a business. He owns a business. We have a child. We were living in our dream home. This is where we were going to retire. How do you get out of it? So met with the accountant privately. And while I'm talking to the accountant about my personal life, I mean, you know, that's my accountant. He's not sure. my friend, but he's sworn yeah. to secrecy. He's not allowed to tell people what we talk about. So I figured it was safe. <laughs> okay. Right. So he, he kind of became my therapist a little bit. Um, and he's like, okay, well, while we're doing this, you need to get your taxes done, you know, like get your financial house in order. If you're yeah. walking out the door, you need your financial house in order. So he came up with the, we came up with the plan, pay off the credit cards, make sure that you catalog all your assets, all of his assets, all those things that, you know, have value. Yeah. And this is good for anybody who's listening. To Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, we had five ginormous gun safes, like 800 pound gun safes. Cause 
my ex is a huge outdoors person. Okay. And I had never looked in there before. I had Why no would idea you? I was in them. Right. So in our working on our marriage, I'm like, there's no trust. I'm like, I don't know how to get into your gun safes because you don't trust me with that. So I started manipulating mm-hmm. information to get into the gun safe. So, well, here, let me show you. This is the code. Da da da. Like, it's not a big deal. And he'd open them up. Oh my gosh. He had over $200,000 worth of guns. Wow. Okay. In these gun safes, like fully inboxed, brand new, you know, never been touched and, and all this stuff. So working on this, and, and this is taking me months, by the way, because mm-hmm. I have to wait till he's out of town and then set my alarm to get up. So my little one's asleep and then go downstairs and take pictures and catalog, get serial numbers. This is a lot of work. It's a private investigator work on top of everything else. Yeah. Found a porno stash, you know, found all sorts of stuff that I was less than impressed with. So I'm doing this and then I start to work on our taxes because the accountant told me that I needed to find more tax deductions. So to go through my accounts again and make sure I've got it all. And I'm going through and I'm about six months through our bank statements. And I realize I'm the only one making deposits in our joint checking account. There are no deposits from him in our joint checking account. And why am I paying three Capital One cards in one month? We only have one Capital One card. So I start going through and I'm like making, grabbed a sheet of paper and start making notes. You know, what, what are these? And he comes home and I ask him and I'm like, why do we have more Capital One cards? Well, yeah, I have business credit cards. I said, well, why are you paying them out of our personal account? Right, right. My immediate question. Yeah. Well, my money's going to build in the cabin on our land. I'm like, okay, well, I just added this up. So if I'm taking your money and then adding in other money, we should have a $250,000 cabin and all we have is a shell. So where's Where's this money money going? going? And then, you know, a little temper tantrum and he storms off. Well, then I started looking again, digging a little deeper. It's going to the gas station and taking out $200 cash multiple times a week. Always the same dollar amount. Sometimes multiple times a day. That's how much the prostitutes cost. 200 bucks a pop. And several a day. Wow, that's um, somewhat impressive. Yeah. And I'm thinking... He always fell asleep at seven o'clock at night and I wasn't getting anything. <laughs> like Now you know why. Shit. He's too damn <laughs> tired. He's too tired, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, he gets done work at three, goes and finds one. He had one during lunch hour. I mean, um, yeah. So I could prove in the course of the eight months that he had spent over $8,000 on prostitutes. Some of them he took out of town um, on vacations. And would take them to Kohl's and buy them clothes so they would be dressed appropriate to be seen in public with him. Oh, wow. Okay. These were not Julia Roberts' pretty women prostitutes. These were meth heads. These are drug addicts, huge criminal records, thefts, you know, battery, you name it. And the reason I found that out is because if I took their phone numbers, here's your PI piece. If you take their phone number and you put it into Facebook, if they have their phone number linked to their profile, then it pops up. Oh, yeah. We're learning all kinds of PI information here that we can stash away and potentially use. There you go. I was able to get a few of their names and then look at their records up. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was honestly, it it got to the point I was scared. Like, right. Because they know where you live. They know all all this stuff about you. And yeah, yeah, that would be, you know, I asked them, do you talk about me? Well, yeah. I'm like, do they know that I own a business? Well, yeah, I'm sure it comes up in conversation. I guess I didn't really think about it. I'm like, are you wearing a work shirt so they know what your business name is? That they, you just put it in Google and up, yeah, here comes our addresses. Here comes our information. 
Wow. You know, so any one of these people could just walk up to me on the street and blindside me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so so the 200 bucks a pop, 8,000 on prostitutes. I'm thinking, wow, if, if that 8,000 had been spent on me, we might have a better relationship. And then just the credit cards and taking money from our personal checking account and paying his business stuff because he was spending his business money elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, was $80,000 in the course of a year and a half. $80,000. Wow. That that's crazy. You know, like the prostitute thing, I kept telling myself, I can live with him as a roommate for our daughter. Mm-hmm. We can, we have a big house. He can live on, you know, we'll be war of the roses. I'll live on one half. Yeah. He'll live on the other. You know, she can, instead of me going from trailer to trailer as a kid, she can just right. walk down the hallway. Yeah. You know, I was coming up with a plan of yeah. how to make things work for her. And then the money. I was like, so now I can't trust you where you are, where you're going, anything you tell me. And now I can't trust you financially. And the money hurt the most. I felt more humiliated by that mm-hmm. than I did the prostitutes. Yeah. I was, we... a, I was a dumb working woman building, you know, building my mansion and building my empire for our benefit. And you were stealing from me. Yeah. And I had end... no idea. And I know you had mentioned that that whole concept of feeling like, how dumb was I that I didn't see yeah. this? And that is, and that you felt so alone in that. Like, wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, the prostitute thing, there was no way for me to know that. Yeah. He was doing it, you know, he's at work, I'm at work, and he's skipping out. There's no way for me to know that. Mm-hmm. The money thing, I kept thinking, what person doesn't look at their bank accounts? I don't. He was well, telling me. And yeah, you're not alone in that though, really, Eve. You, I've heard yeah. this story from other people, not that things were necessarily happening, but but money isn't a thing that we look at all the time, a lot of us. Because no, no. it's just, it's, you expect it to be there. And there's right. so many other things pulling at your attention that that's not at the top of the Absolutely. list. And you no, would have expected, no. I mean, before all of this happened too, you thought you could trust him. So Absolutely, he's your spouse. Right. He's your partner. Right. He's so, got your back. Yeah. Financially, my interests and his interests should have been the same. <laughs> Aligned in the same. Yeah. We're on the same team here. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, that, that by far was the humiliating part. Mm-hmm. So even today, when I tell the story, when people say, oh, you got divorced, but what happened? I don't even brunch in the money because that is still such a humiliating piece for me. Mm. I just say, oh, you're sleeping with prostitutes. Can't compete with that. Right. And, you know, right. I, I make light of it as best I can. Right. Um, Which is how a lot of us deal with pain and, and humiliation is using humor. Absolutely. You know, and that, that has taught me that when I'm talking to somebody and they say, oh, I got divorced. I don't say I'm sorry to hear that. I say, oh, how'd that work out for you? Yeah. Because it, it I, I don't want opens to the conversation in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because people say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm like, oh, I'm not. You know, so I, I realized that I, I shouldn't project the I'm sorry onto somebody else. I should, like you said, open the conversation and be like, so how'd that work out for you? And then they can tell you, oh, it sucked or, oh, my God, it was the most liberating thing ever. And now I'm so thankful I'm divorced. But yeah, yeah. So the the money thing is still a struggle. I went to buy a new car and I wasn't fully divorced yet. And I'm at the dealership and I'd already negotiated because that's my forte. And then my ex used to take care of the paperwork, like fill out. I don't know. Do you transfer a title? Do you not? Like, I, I don't know any of that stuff. Yeah. I have no idea. And the finance guy is like, okay, well, here's the paperwork. And I 
immediate like panic attack. Like I'm sweating, my face is red. And I'm like, can I just take this to my accountant? He's like, oh, I can help you fill it out. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to take it to my accountant. He's my financial person. And he's like, oh yeah, that's fine. And I left. I drove straight to my accountant's office and walked in. I'm like, I need you to do this for me. He's like, oh, you've never filled out loan paperwork before? I said, no, that somebody else handled the money. Right. And he's like, do you you know, and bless my accountant. He's like, do you want to learn? And I said, not today. (laughs) And he could tell, like I was defeated. Yeah. Again, I felt like this dumb woman who didn't know anything. And I mean, I'm running a million dollar company. I've got a side business going. Like I was in politics. Like I'm a smart woman. I've got a bachelor's degree. I couldn't fill out loan paperwork to buy a car. It's, it's interesting how we have accomplished so much in our lives and then something like that kind of brings you to your knees, but it's not really, that wasn't the thing. That was just the, the tip. That was the, the last straw, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, and, and again, bless my accountant. He filled it out. He, he even faxed it over. Like I didn't even need to go back in that guy's oh, office, yeah. which was awesome. But yeah, it, it you know, it triggered, it triggered That's, that feeling of yeah. self lack of self-worth, which we, and, uh, so many of us struggle with. Absolutely. Regardless of whether we're running a million dollar company or not, it's such a common theme. And how Absolutely. do we, what, what tools have you used to move past that or move through it? Or are you working on now? What, what have you done? Always working on it. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing is just, we talked about at humor, you know, I just try and laugh it off, be like, yeah, it happens. Learning tool. Yeah. Hey, so I pick up dog poop for a living. I can pick up dog poop without living a skid mark, but I can't fill out loan paperwork. Eh, some of us have different skills. Right. You know? So <laughs> I do. I try and just be like, you know what? That wasn't your calling. That's not your thing. Right. And then make sure I'm surrounding myself with people that are very cognitive of where my weak points might be. Mm-hmm. And so they can fill that for me. Right. So building your tribe with knowing your strengths and then building that tribe around you of people who can complement them. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, my accountant like became a therapist. Such a great guy. Um, I owe him several bottles of wine, to say the least. I was going to say, but, uh, box of cookies yeah. and some wine. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, for me to call him up and be like, hey, I, what do you think? Or how, how do I do this? I mean, I, he had to call a banker friend of his. I'm like, what do I need to open up a checking account? Like, I, I haven't done that since I was 16. Yeah, wow. And so he took care of me. He really, you know, okay, I'm going to send you over to my banker. He's going to walk you through it. Great. I am still working through my anxiety going to a bank and discussing money. I, for some odd reason, I have it in my head that when the banker looks up financials, it's going to scream prostitute $200 and, you know, all this money that was wasted. And I don't know, like, I feel like this pop-up's going to happen when they go to look at my credit score and like something is going to come out and I'm going to be like, crap, that's not who I am. And that's really it. That, that financial thing is not who I am. Right. Um, And I think that's the tie-in piece that, that I will continue to work through. And a lot of that, I can't just blame on the divorce. I grew up poor. Mm -hmm. So money and having things and that kind of stuff, you know, is a trigger anyways. But then you add on the fact that I was making money and I was being self-sufficient and I was able to buy things for myself. And that was taken. So starting fresh. Which is scary and at the same time, revitalizing. 
Because now you have full control of your monetary situation and not, you don't have to rely on anyone else or trust anyone else. Right. Yeah. So my divorce actually went really quick. Um, From the time I walked out the door, uh, we were divorced in eight months. I left the house. I left the cabin, the cars. I had paid off all the, all the credit card debts and all the little stuff. He got the bank accounts. Um, I took my daughter and I had refinished literally from top to bottom, a 1972 T-top Corvette for a 20th wedding anniversary present. And I took that because I said, you know what? That's mine. I, yeah, I put my I really hard-earned money into that. Mm-hmm. I did that. That's mine. Plus, you know, anytime someone sees me driving around town in it, you know, they can maybe mention, oh, I saw your ex-wife driving around in a Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, just for... Um, some... Just to add that little... little yeah, I was going to say, it's not quite revenge, but it, it's it's a nice touch. Exactly. So no, I I walked away because I kept telling myself it's only money. It's only stuff. Yeah. And I needed to get away and separate myself from not who I was, but from that life. Mm -hmm. And I needed to to redo me, changed my name back to my maiden name, hyphenated my daughter's name and really kind of doubled down on myself. And I was like, I got this. I can do this. This has zero reflection on the person I am. Right. And the person you, you are and the person you're becoming. Absolutely. It, it contributes Absolutely. to it, but it ha- it's not a reflection of it. Right. It's like adding yeah. fuel to it, really. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You asked a question on here. Uh, you know, what is my walk-in song? Oh and yeah. We were going to get pink. to that just right now. So that's I know. perfect. What, what is your walk-up song? My song is pink on fire. <gasps> so <laughs> you saying that is perfect. Truly I'm on fire. You know, nothing's going to get in the way. I'm moving it forward. Started a second business that is probably going to supersede my first business um, in revenue and and create a different lifestyle for me. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing holding me back other than my own beliefs. Yeah. And so those are just the small things that I have to work through. And I have hiccups. Of course. it's, It's not all, hey, I'm rocking it every day. One of the prostitutes who I was able to figure out who she was walked into my favorite restaurant one night. Oof. And um, that's like an invasion of privacy, right? That is exactly what it felt like. And uh, I couldn't shake that. I'm pretty good at the whole walk your talk yourself out of it. And I couldn't shake it for like three weeks and reached out to a friend that I know had gone to marriage counseling and said, I, I'm struggling. And so she sat down with me. She's like, I think you need to talk to my therapist. So I had four, I've gone to a therapist four times. Great lady, by the way, love her. And uh, it was cute. I told her the story and she's like, so none of these other, like seeing a billboard for a hotel that he took them to doesn't trigger you this. And I'm like, no, I'm like, but she's in my restaurant. What if I go in there? And what if there's a confrontation? And she's like, you've already talked that through in your head. You already know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. If there's a confrontation, take your power back, walk in there. That is your restaurant. You own that. Yeah. That is your place. That is your sanct- sanctuary. Take your power back. Don't let her overpower you. And by golly, I did. And I was like strutting my stuff like a little proud peacock walking through that restaurant. Like, yep, this is my place. Mm-hmm. This is where I eat <laughs> at least once a week. Yeah. It's that favorite. Yeah. Well, and um, good for you for getting help, for asking for help, because there's a lot of time of shame around that too, of of feeling like you, you feel like you want to do it yourself. Like, I got this. I got this. But no, plenty of times we can't do it alone. We're not no, designed to. we don't to. have the tools. Yeah. Yeah. I mean- you know, my degree is not in psychology. My degree is in sales, which is a lot of psychology. Sure, um, but even if you're, but even if you, yeah. if your degree was, it's it's 
being able to help other people is different than being able to handle everything yourself. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I do, I do Reiki, um, massage, you know, all those other things, but this, and even my Reiki lady told me, she's like, you need some talk therapy. Mm -hmm. You need to talk this out with somebody. And, yeah. uh, yeah, it was hugely beneficial. Um, like I said, I, I had some follow-up sessions with her just to confirm, you know, that I, I am on the right path. Cause that's the hard part too. Am I on the right path right. to recovery? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. But, I don't want to go too far down this path if it's not the right one. Right. Yeah. And, and you don't know, I mean, I never been divorced before what's right. What's wrong. How soon should I date? Yeah. You know, what am I looking for in a mate? How do I even figure that out? What if I don't like them sexually? How do I determine if I'm going to like them sexually? Like, you know, the <laughs> thousand and one questions that go through your head right. now as a single person, Yeah. you know, what do I do? How do I do it? So I, I'm going to, I would say my therapy sessions, you know, should be with a glass of wine and some popcorn because <laughs> we go down some rabbit holes sometimes of, well, how, how should I say this or, and do those types of things. And, and normally she, she, we about mid session, she always says, I have to ask how's online dating. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, not, not uh, it's not like the commercials lead you to believe you're not going to find your soulmate in 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> Share with us. If people wanted to get in touch with you, where could they find oh, you? Facebook is kind of where I live. Okay. Um, it's where both of my businesses uh, do a lot of stuff on there. So I, I do pick up poop for a living. So I run a dog daycare business. I do dog training. I do. Uh, I run a nonprofit group for rescue dogs. Uh, I created an employee training uh, program for dog daycare. So I'm in the dog world. Yeah. So this human stuff is a little <laughs> sketchy for me. Right. <laughs> You know, huge benefit is I could go to work and cuddle with 30 dogs and like know that I'm loved, right? Like, so I have that going yes. for me, which some days was a saving grace. I'd be like, hey, I'm going to be in with the little chihuahuas and the fuzzy Pomeranians for like an hour. Okay. Just give me some, give me, I need some therapy. Some dog therapy. Yes. Animal Absolutely. therapy in and, general. Oh, good Lord. You know, petting a dog, there's just something so soothing and relaxing to that. So, um, but yeah, I mean. I am more than happy to share my story. And if people have questions about that lovely app that I used, okay, uh, it's, uh, or just different ways that I was able to, to get myself out of this funk. And, and I do call it a funk, you know, I'm 46. So been around the block a little bit, but I, I'm ready to uh, turn to the next block and just see uh, see what's down that road. And maybe I'll end up going down the alleyway at some point. I don't know. Maybe I'll cut through a yard. Yeah. But uh, it's, 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 life is interesting and I'm, yeah, I'm just open. It's all a journey. I have a, a, a sign, a board thing over my door out of my apartment that says find joy in the adventure. Beautiful. And that's what you have to do. You really do. I mean, you know, they always say those, these lessons sometimes are a blessing and maybe it was, maybe it just needed to lead me down my next path. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. it happened. I acknowledge that it happened. It was a situation that I, I don't wish on anybody. When people ask me, well, do you forgive him for what he did? I don't know that I I would use the term forgive. I acknowledge what he did. Mm -hmm. He knows what he did. And we just move on. Yeah. I mean, we are, we now are in the business of caring for our daughter, period. There's no drama. Again, because our relationship was he's on that couch and I'm on this couch. Divorce is really not that different for us. Right. In that sense, we just communicate about her and, and that's really it. Great. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your story today because I know that people listening are going to be able to relate to pieces of it. Okay. So not everybody has necessarily, 
had their husbands <laughs> taking money out of the bit out of their account for crackhead prostitutes. However, there, you go. Yeah, no. there are elements of your story that we can all relate to. So thank you so Absolutely. much for sharing it, Eve. You are very welcome, my dear. And uh, yeah, I hope nobody has to uh, go through that part of it. But yeah, I mean, cheating is cheating, whether it's uh, somebody you know or somebody you don't. It, it all affects us in, in pretty serious ways. So, so many takeaways from Eve's story. I don't want you to get caught up in the shocking part that is probably not something you would have experienced or will experience. Focus on the feelings and beliefs we all share and the lessons you can learn, which are, number one, never feel like you need to dim your light for anyone else. Number two, smart, successful women can still be triggered by feelings of lack of self-worth, even those who are running seven-figure businesses and seem to have it all together. Realize, outside circumstances don't show you the whole picture. Number three, surround yourself with people who can fill in the gaps. Know your strengths and weaknesses and build a tribe with those who have complementary skills. Number four, no matter what's happened in your past, it is not a reflection of who you are now. It all contributes to who you are, but it does not define you. You have a clean slate every day to take back your power and become whomever you'd like. Number five, get help when you need it. There's no shame in asking for help and using multiple healing modalities. Thanks for being here and subscribing to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other women like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. And I'd love to hear what's happening in your world. Join me on social. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. And lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. Or maybe it's just before, depending on where you're listening. Look for it. You'll find it because you always find exactly what you're looking for. Remember that. Remember that.